You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast. Here's a little preview. And I guess I'm an intense person, but I know how you can own a business and not be intense because you have to be a little bit hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you have to be intense. I think that's part of the, I think that's part of the job description. I think that's part of what actually keeps you going when all the chips are down is that you're just intense about it. Yeah, exactly. You have to be really intense about it. Um, and you have to also be okay with the fact that, you know, that your, that your parents are going to keep on telling you to get a real job and, <laughs> and, say, and say, I don't need to get a real job because I'm making money doing this, but thank you for your concern. Episode 195. What's going on? Welcome to the Big Women Rock Podcast. This is the official podcast of the Biz Women Rock community. And the focus of this podcast is to be a platform for you to hear stories of amazing businesswomen who have had tons of ups, tons of downs within their business journey and are here to share about them. Why? So that you can hear them and know that you're not alone in this whole game called business and possibly be able to take some things from their experiences and go and implement them into your own business. So welcome. Now, if you're just starting your business, there's an amazing resource that you can tap into. It's called How to Launch Your Brand Online. It is an ebook that I created just for you. If you want to make sure that your business is represented very well and very effectively in the online space, including on a website, uh, on a blog, on social media, then being able to follow these very simple steps to be able to build up a customer base that is dying for exactly what you got, that's what this book is all about. Go find out more at bizwomenrock.com. Hannah Lavone is my guest today. She's the co-founder of a company called Hooray Hoopla. That is the mother umbrella company for products that are called Versus Mittens and versus socks so far, and soon to be pals. So let me give you just a really cool visual of this. Um, so versus mittens was the sort of uh, the first initial product under this banner. Um, and they are, if you can imagine like crocheted mittens on your hand, one is a cat, one is a dog. Get it? Versus cat versus dog. So your hands like get to eat one another, which is funny um, and creative. Um, same concept goes for the socks. Uh, so you have really like mismatched socks. One looks like a wolf, one looks like a sheep. So the idea behind this and really the point that I want this, uh, that I want you to take with this interview is that Hannah is a creative. I mean, her goal is just to create really cool stuff that people want to buy. And so she's created these two products thus far and has had a lot of success with it. In this interview, we uh, we talk about, you know, sort of her past history that had given her a little bit of an insight as to what it would be like running her own business, creating creative things, and, um, and then how she has built this, how she and her partner actually work together, um, how she builds relationship with her wholesale clients, um, and how she, you know, is getting traffic to her website, what she's good at, what she's not good at, and how she researches the market and makes sure that there's a need there so she can fulfill the need before she goes live with her creative ideas. So let's get into the conversation with Hannah. Hannah, thank you so much for being on the show with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm <laughs> 
So I'm so very excited to be able to have you here, to be able to highlight you, to be able to tell your story. Uh, number one, and first and foremost, is because I love your product. Like super, like capital L, love your product. When I was researching you, it took me just a split second to get the versus thing. Like I was like, is that VS? Is that, what is that? And then as soon as I got the concept of like, you know, one mitten, it can hunt the other. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. And everything is just so creative. So I'm really so excited to be able to let everyone know about what you are doing. Um, and what fascinates me about the fact that you have an online store is is the fact that you had your mom actually had an online store while you were growing up. So you kind of saw this business model from the early years, right? Yeah, well, she actually used to be a uh, nonprofit um, fundraiser, and when she stopped doing nonprofit and she wants to do her own thing, so it was maybe a, at least at least a good a good three or four years when I was in high school. She started to do it. What it, what exactly was she doing? What was she selling up there? She sells novelty Judaica, so she sells like toilet seat covers that say "Let my people go." They look like matzah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, assorted, assorted fun, fun things that are Jewish themed because she's a, a pretty big Long Island Jewish mother. That's where I grew up. So, that's fantastic. Yeah. So what you know, as a so, how old were you? You said you were you were in high school when she was doing this. Yeah. So what kind of stuff were you kind of seeing or observing? And maybe you didn't even know that you were learning these lessons at the time. But kind of looking back as you were getting into your own online business, what kind of things did you observe that she did that you now utilize or you now know that these were lessons that that she was able to teach you? Well, she definitely had a good eye for for what was out there and things that were unique. And she really appreciated it. And she was, and she not only did that, but she also sold a lot of like antique and vintage ephemera that were really cool. And she, and I think I definitely got that from her is that she was really into interesting and unique products and collectibles. And my my parents' house is full of, you know, knickknacks, ephemera, like fun fun things. So I definitely learned a lot from picking and seeing and 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 going through and buying things at estate sales. I mean, that's kind of how my I guess. I never even thought about it before, I'd say the truth, but now that you say it, I guess I was I was a little bit surrounded by that in that retail aspect and going the gift zone. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur to do your own thing or how did that how did that really peak up for you? Yeah, not I definitely did not think about it. I was just really in my own happy bubble. I I knew I I enjoyed doing photography and, and doing graphic design. I taught myself Photoshop in high school, and I really was really into, like, graphic art. And I, it didn't, yeah, it didn't really even occur to me. And I just went to school for advertising design. And I was an art director and designer and agency. And after, you know, a few years in-house agency, I realized at I quickly realized, I should say, I really wasn't the office politics kind of person. Right, right. <laughs> And I was starting to think about how amazing it would be to not have to answer to anyone but myself and make my own hours and be my own boss. But I didn't necessarily know what that would be, but I just kind of started to think about it. So I, um, so after I went with my mom to the, uh, the New York gift show, and I could see all these really interesting people making really interesting things and they were and they had their own business and they weren't a desk monkey quote unquote I, <laughs> that's the first I time like, I've heard that oh. one that's interesting <laughs> <laughs> I was just like wow this is so cool but, but, but like they have a really cool life they just go and they make really fun things and they sell it and 
and I wasn't, I didn't really know about the work per se. I guess I, I assumed that it was a lot of work, but I figured, especially in the agency, when you pull long hours anyway, it might be cool to try and, and do something to for yourself and try it out because you're, if you're doing long hours anyway, you might as well do it for yourself. So yeah. that's kind of how I, I started to think about what I could do. And since I'm a, a conceptor by nature and designer, and I thought about what are some cool products I could make, and I am pretty good at brainstorming and pulling things out of out of somewhere. So <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch a lot of the Big Idea with Donnie Deutsch, and yep. I would get inspired. And, yeah, I used to sketch, and my friend from college and I, we, I, I went and convinced her to take time out from you know, hanging out outside of work when you right. really don't want to think about doing work. And I was like, well, the, the sooner that we start working, the sooner we can stop working for someone else. So basically, if we don't do it today, it's going to be one day longer that we have to work for somebody else. So mm. she agreed, and I convinced her to help me out in, in some of my creative endeavors. So that's kind of how it happened. What were you guys doing in the very beginning? Because you weren't doing the mittens or socks. What, what kind of stuff were you doing yeah. in the very beginning? So... We did stuff that was really cheap to make, and it was pretty part-time because we both um, were working in agency. So I used to make cards, and I used to were like, I think the first thing that we made was um, was the Valentines called My Punny Valentines, and they were like <laughs> really bad puns on them. Like but it was really funny, but they were 1950s themed, and we would sell that to a couple of stores and some markets, and we also made some male pattern baldness <laughs> themed items. <laughs> You're a very creative person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like really, just really kind of quirky things that we sold. And um, yeah, so that's what we did at the beginning. Sold some markets, made some paper products that we could print and sell it and make some money and kind of build up a little bit of padding to to go from there. So so, so that's what we did before we, um, we started to make actual wearable items. So when when you started, when did the moment happen when you guys actually like quit the jobs and now started doing full time? Was that before or after you started actually making the mittens? Oh, that was after. I actually um, I actually started a salary myself this year because we were only making mittens at okay. the beginning, and we weren't in Target, we weren't in Walmart, you know, and and we realized after a couple of times because. The first time when we started to make the mittens, and as I said, they're, they're mittens that, that come as two opposing pairs, mm-hmm. so your hands can battle it out. That was the original concept. So it would be <laughs> like wolf and sheep, uh, what was the other one, cat and dog. So assorted, assorted mismatched mittens. And so we sold them, and we realized that if you're not selling 8,000 or more units a year, at least, like in for, in for high price, like, like not even wholesale, that you just can't live off of that for the full year for two people. That just is so, but it took a couple of times to figure it out because we had some production problems and we got stuff late and we, you know, tried to go and get everything out, but then we didn't have more cash to make something else. So it was, it was definitely a really long learning process of how, of how we got to where we are now for hmm. sure. So when you, um, let's talk a little bit about like some of those moments, like let's zone in on a few of those moments. So you're sort of in the very, you know, kind of beginning stages. You guys, um, 
I find it interesting that you don't actually crochet. So like these are really beautiful like crocheted mittens. This was kind of like your first versus product. And yeah. like you said before, it's sort of like, you know, a cat. It's a cat on one hand and a dog on the other. So they can really be interactive. They're definitely mismatched. And now later on that you produce like the socks that kind of have the same thing too. So, um, but I find it interesting that you never crocheted. So this is just such a great example of you can believe and be the force behind a business model, even if you're not the technician who does it. So how did you guys set up who was actually going to create the mittens in the beginning? And then talk a little bit more about how you ended up having to kind of source that out. Yeah, totally. So I had a couple of sketches in my sketchbook and we went on Craigslist and it was actually really easy to do it. And we just made a post and it said, if you know how to crochet really well, we have work for you. You know, we have a couple of samples you want to make and, and tell us about yourself. And we actually met a really cool lady, and she was really talented, and she took my designs and turned it into the mittens that we had samples. And after a couple of, of hours online, I found a, a website that could be cool for anyone who's listening. It's called mfg.com. And it's a manufacturing website that links you to factories. So you can see people's feedback who have used them, and you can get an idea of the type of work that they do, and you can go and get a request for quote, and they can sign an NDA, and you can go and, and get your bids for the products. And it's a really easy way to go and connect with someone if you have no previous factory experience. That's great. That's a really good resource. And I'll make sure to put that in the show notes to msg.com. Yeah, MFG. MF yeah. as in manufacturing. Yeah, F. F okay. as in yeah. I was like, well, I don't know what kind of, uh, is this a food website? <laughs> <laughs> MFG. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. um, so you went there and then started putting in, you know, started getting quotes from all this sort of, from these things. So did you, did you make that move and was it successful right away? We, yeah, so we made them, and actually our first run, we, because the content was so good, they, they sold anyway, but they made them a little bit oversized, like around half of the product, so they were like giant manhand mittens, <laughs> but, <laughs> which sucks, you know, because they were so seasonal, so we had to sell them anyway, right. um, and we sold out because of the concept, luckily, but it wasn't, it wasn't amazing, but we happened to get... Um, picked up by a, a pretty big online retailer on Common Goods, and they like pretty much bought our entire first run wow. and promoted the hell out of it. And it was really, really even cool that we got on because um, Ashley, my business partner, her her friend from agency happened to be like childhood friends with one of like the managing partners or whatever, and happened to show her and. And that's how we got. I mean, that's how we got all that, how we got more at the beginning. It was just really lucky, really lucky. Wow. So, you know, one of the unique parts about having, like, really selling uh, a product online and, and being able to have this kind of an online store is that, I would imagine one of your major focuses and major budget line items is really marketing and getting traffic to your website. So can you talk a little bit about what you do for that? What has worked? What has blown up in your face that you thought would work? Um, And some examples of of what really works for you and produces for you. Sure. Well, um, I would say that usually, like, we haven't like been amazing with marketing to tell you the truth because uh, I'm just not really a marketer per se. I'm just like a, a, a creative, but we, we've we um, done our own PR. So we've um, reached out to a couple of, of publications and we've gotten press from there. But 
but usually when people find us, it's it's through links, and we just join Instagram. So I don't think I'm the best at, at, at marketing yet, but I just brought on a friend who who is going to be my marketing head mm-hmm. for our new line, and we're gonna and I'll tell you some more examples when we find out exactly how to get people because we're not mainly like a website. I mean, people usually only come to buy from us when we get press from somewhere. Got but it. then it dies out. Yeah, but we do a lot of wholesale. Got wholesale. it. So, yeah. how, so you mentioned sort of how you got that first wholesale client, you know, with um, with this online store who bought, you know, a ton of your stuff. How how have you continued to really bridge and make those relationships with uh, with other locations that are now like wholesaling your product? Well, you basically have to have a product that sells. If you have something that doesn't really sell, then they're not gonna <laughs> they're not gonna order from you again, even if they think that you're really cool and your stuff is. And your stuff is nice, so that's it. So that's a good way. Um, we haven't really been to a lot of trade shows yet, just because we were putting a lot of of, of um, capital into our manufacturing. But we're actually going to be at the gift at the New York gift show this year, so we're really excited about it. And that's how you meet a lot of potential people is being at a gift show. And I was told it's a necessary evil because it's really expensive and it's really a big to do. But in the industry, that's kind of what you have to do. So we're going to do it. Well, because that's where everyone's really like everyone who's anyone in the industry is really going there and they're ready to kind of make decisions and to see what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. But so so we're going to do that. But we also have sales reps who do a lot of a lot of that for you because I don't think I am a very good salesperson. <laughs> I'm a more of a creative and behind the scenes and having a, having salespeople and, and you go and pay them your a fifteen percent, um, what's the word? Commission. Commission. Yeah. Commission each time they go and and, and do so. It's like like that really helps a lot because it takes that burden off of you, and they make all the store connections and um and that's what we've been doing. And we also do some some like things ourselves, but. Gotcha. Like, uh, yeah. like as far as like you know, sort of like personal relationships that you'll reach out to or anything like that. Well, we've done some cold calling. If you if you find like a, a, a place that seems like it would be a place that would sell your item, then it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt to go and and see if they would be interested in stocking it if the, if the timing is right. But it's 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 actually kind of hard to talk to a buyer because they get a lot of emails and also they don't like people making sales calls. Right. Because they get a lot of people making sales calls, especially because the economy isn't like super amazing. So stores are closing and they're very kind of very crunched for, for cash often. So they're not necessarily making a lot in their store, making a lot for them to survive. So they're not in the best mood all the time. It's 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 very uh very touch and go. It's it's really nice when you, when you speak to a nice buyer who is actually really cool and really appreciates your products and and yeah. Got it. Where are you guys most popular? Like, what what is your target market as far as, like, um, what types of stores are you doing really well in? Like, uh, and who's buying that stuff? So we sell to, I mean, I don't like the word hipster because, <laughs> but <laughs> I suppose that we sell a lot to the kind of funky-minded uh, mom and and their kids. So our socks now, because the, they have the Versus socks, and we're now launching Pals. And the Versus socks are selling in a lot of, of kids' boutiques, and we sell to 
kind of funky gift stores have other brightly colored assorted things. But mm-hmm. we sell a lot in like um, in like Seattle and Portland, San Francisco, Brooklyn. Got it. So, got yeah. it. So anywhere you have sort of like just really creative minded people, really. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Got it. Um, what? Um, I mean, there's so. In your business, there's like a lot of different pieces to really handle along the way. And it's really you and your partner still working the majority of this business. How do you structure the day to make sure that you are getting the most important stuff done? Like, how are you managing your time? Are there certain, you know, practices that you have to make sure that kind of the most important stuff is getting done first? Um, How how do you work your day? Oh, yeah, that is that is hard. Basically, I keep a to do list. And I go through, and I and and I check it off, and that's the only way to do it. When you have a lot of things to do and you don't have any other hires, you kind of, you know, I, I hate that saying. You have to wear many hats, but I guess you do have to wear many hats. And I go off and I mark down everything I have to do, and if I have to stay up later and do it, then I do it, and I'm happy to do it. So are you it's, like getting a to do list? Are you the person who checks everything off before you go to bed, or do you always have lingering stuff? Uh, if I'm really tired, then I'm just not going to do it because I can't work and I'm really tired. But <laughs> I try to finish. If I have like a looming thing that has to be done in like a catalog or I need to send out something, like I will, I will 100% just do it and 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 feed my cats and then go to bed. <laughs> I love it. Um, you and your partner have been doing this since the very beginning together. What is the secret to your success together? How do you guys work together? Um, have you had any, you know, rough times uh, throughout your tenure since 2007? Like what has been, how have you guys managed and evolved the partnership that you have? I mean, we definitely are different because Ashley is very, I guess, as a, a business partner would be. They're very more risk adverse and very straight straight up about things and more and she's definitely way more organized than me and I'm the one who is way more out there and way more oh can we do this or how about this kind of the idea engine and pumping out random things and then saying yes no yes no like how <laughs> right right so it's definitely some some assorted like you know like, like fights of well why can't like why can't we work I don't know but it it it, it at the end of the day, it's it's fine because we, we both have a goal, which is sell fun socks and make a living off of it, and and we have the same vision for the company. So it, it so it's it's not that hard. Yeah. Actually. Um, have you ever considered or have gone down the road of doing like HSN or being able to sort of? be on a, a, a really big medium to be able to sell your product? Because your product would really lend itself to that. Yeah, I would love to. I just don't know any buyers there. But, I mean, if, if a buyer came knocking on my door and said, we would love to do it, because they are very, very visual and colorful, yeah. I would love to do it. Yeah. Gotcha. So keep an ear out. Anyone listening who has any connections to HSN? <laughs> 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 and, you know, I always yeah, wonder, yeah. too, of, like, how people actually get in there. Do they know somebody? Or are they just, like, knocking down the doors like crazy until they finally get somebody to listen? You know, it's all that sort of stuff. But it sounds like um, it sounds like you guys just have a healthy dose of, like, continuing to get the word out. You And you really – it sounds like the, the companies that you're selling to who are now, you know, having your product are able to do really good marketing for you, too. 
Yes, exactly. I mean, they have their own websites and social media, and we contacted with other people through them or through other press and word of mouth. Because I, I went on our on our shopping cart and I installed a little. Because it's actually really good to know where did you hear about us. It's like a little thing right. that they can fill out option, like as an option. But but then when they do, it's like, oh great, I didn't know we were like we were in this paper. I know we were mentioned here. Like it's really, it's really quite helpful. Hmm. Um. So how how have you managed throughout this entrepreneurial journey thus far? I mean, like what what kind of habits have you cultivated to be able to get you through rough moments? Well, I'm definitely much more organized now. I definitely am much more, I think that my friends would say I'm much more organized and much more serious. And because <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, I'm very silly person. But I think now that I spend a lot of time doing businessy type of things, you definitely have to be way more intense. And I guess I'm an intense person, but I know how you can own a business and not be intense because you have to be a little bit hardcore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think you have to be intense. I think that's part of the I think that's part of the job description. I think that's part of what actually keeps you going when all the chips are down is that you're just intense about it. Yeah, exactly. You have to be really intense about it. Um, and you have to also be okay with the fact that you know, that your that your parents are gonna keep on telling you to get a real job and <laughs> and say and say, I don't need to get a real job because I'm making money doing this, but thank you for your concern. Like they're still terrified I'm going to be in like a, a, in a box in their basement or something. I don't <laughs> are, know. Are they still telling you that? You're now what eight years into it. Are they still telling you that? My well, well, we were well, well, because we were only making mittens and we weren't like making that many mittens every you know every year. And I, I and I was still I was still working full time, so they were kind of like hmm. But then when I started freelancing and was concentrating on this more, my oh, I think that my. My dad's a little more like, okay, you're doing well. Like, I think it's going to be great. And my mom is like, hmm, I think you should maybe think about going <laughs> and, and and thinking about getting a real job because when you're 40, no one's going to want to go and look at you. That's <laughs> how it is. So just putting that, the aging, the aging mom. around me. Yeah. It's like the aging. You're going to get old and ugly curse, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, go wow. But, but you look decent, you should go and go back to agency, but I don't want to be an agency, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not a good agency person, I'm not passionate about selling things that I don't make, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. What do you, what do you have next on the horizon, is there any sort of new, uh, you talked about PALS a little bit, talk more about that, because I'm not sure, uh, yeah. I want well, to explain so, that. Yeah, so, so because we're making the, the versus socks, and I just want to tell everyone listening, so there, so there are socks that are like the mittens, but they come as two opposing pairs. So your feet can battle it out. So they come as like T-Rex and Triceratops, and then one. So I don't know. That is basically what they come like. If you go to the website, there's an owl and a mouse. So you have an yeah. owl on one foot and a mouse on the other. They're really adorable. I mean, super cute. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think they're really fun. I like. I go and I squeeze into the kids' eyes. We have, when we have the dragon versus unicorn, werewolf versus zombie. So I was so we were doing this for for a year and a couple of months ago I was thinking about, you know, we really need some good vibes and I didn't think that people were necessarily buying it because of the versus concept. They just thought the the like the characters are really cute. Right. So we decided to to launch pals, which are and our tag is going to be unlikely friends to your feet. 
and they're oh. going to be essentially like pal, oh, like like verses. I'm sorry, but they're going to be a um, a cool message about accepting each other's differences, and it's okay to be friends with someone who is different from you, and. You know, but it won't be cheesy, but they're going to be really, really cute, and we have really cool styles, and I'm really excited about it. Very cool. Very, very nice. I like that. Um, as you, Especially as a creative, um, because that's really internally driven, like, you know, wow, I could create something really cool like this. Are you ever balancing that with market research of what people are actually going to buy? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, Um, listen, I ask because I'm guilty of this. I mean, I think something's going to be a phenomenal idea. And of course, it's going to be something that I love to do. But, you know, like, were you with any of these three evolutions of your business and products? Have you ever gone out just to say, hey, are there similar at least like are there similar products that people are buying? You know, what are these at least out there? You know, are you doing any sort of just research to see like, is there even a market for this? Yeah, well, of course, like so, I think before you go and make anything, you have to go and kind of check out the stores, see what stores are selling, talk to some buyers that you already sell to. If you're if you're making stuff ready, and 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 throw a couple of, of ideas by them, see what they think about it, get feedback. It's better to go and make something that someone already wants than something that is just like completely out there that no one even heard of before. You know, at least like go and poke out the feelers, and and scope it out. And at least for us, like, we knew that um, that there are a couple, like, like the, uh, the adult stock market, for example, is really saturated at this point. So so we sold a lot more adult stocks online, and we sold a lot more kids in retail, and hmm. which is interesting, right? Because, but there's also a lot more stores that sell kind of quirky kid socks than quirky slash geek chic adult socks. Right, right. So, yeah. So there was so there's definitely a market for it, and there aren't too many cool kid sock companies, so we're going to ne- be doing mostly kid socks with some adult offerings. So it wasn't completely, you know, blind. It was stuff that was, you know, it was researched and discussed with buyers that we sell to already and, you know, and reps and, and, and those types of people. But it's definitely good to go and check it out first because it, it would be really horrible if you went and invested all this time and money and 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 more time and more money into something that <laughs> that like right. no one even cares about. Right. Well, and at least this way, like as you're as you're doing all this research, you can create your strategy based on that. Like, hey, we, you know, from all these people that we've talked to who are in this industry, we see that here's a differentiator, here's what's working over here, here's what they feel like they can have more of. Great, let's go build that, you know. Yeah, exactly. So that's fantastic. Um, so what, what do you think is like the big vision? You said before that you and your partner sort of see the same vision. What, what is that vision? So our vision is to make really fun products that make people happy. So right now it's the socks and it's the pals because after we sell out of verses, we're going to just be doing pals because I think that the concept is so much nicer and cooler and I'm a big, um, believer of it but I think you know ultimately the vision is so we want to do a lot of pals and do like like licensing if we if possible with other types of of characters that are pals you know (laughs) or um we want to eventually or at least I want to I don't know 
if um if, if Ashley completely wants to do something, but I would love to like to make like you know cat costumes or like fish tank accessories like in, all under the the main hooray hoopla <laughs> thing. But I think for for the at least the first right now the first right now years it's going to be kind of a fleshing this out and really focusing on the pals and we do a couple of, of other side things. But I I kind of know the apparel apparel situation right now and getting into a whole plastic molded product and assorted it's just kind of another time consuming thing to to get into Hmm. well hannah i really want to thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing the journey that you've had thus far and uh, just big congratulations on all that you've experienced and i know will continue to grow so thank you so much for being here oh thank you so much for having me just love that she has created a really significant business in such a niche market and with such a niche product. I just absolutely love that. Um, And her tenacity for just always wanting to be creative and continuing that just was really, really great to hear. She was really clear on what she wasn't good at. I, you know, I'm not a great marketer and, um, you know, she's, she admits to not being super organized, but you she because of that she's able to stay very clear on who she is in the business and what she provides and how she helps it grow which I thought was fantastic so I hope you really enjoyed this definitely go check out her website man because they have some cool products and just uh just right away they make you happy that's the coolest part it makes you really happy looking at this stuff so all right I will see you on the next episode (music) 